feel like singing along with it at all? No, I not not today. Just don't have it in you. Not not just not today for whatever reason. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll no, put, let's not start on, on a downer. And you. <laughs> Not start on That's a not downer. a downer. Uh, maybe it's a gift. Having you not sing to us is a happy gift for all of us. I don't know. Anyway, well, explain what this is and who we are, would you? Because I'm going to adjust a knob. Yes, you turn the knobs. I am David Berge, the, the pastor on the show, Like Trees Walking, along with Michael J. Nelson, my co-host and uh, theological oh, consigliere. <laughs> um, we, oh, I like that. Uh, yes, we uh, take that. We talk. We bring. We we talk about the big questions, um, perennial questions uh, of life, faith, theology. Um, we do so from a Christian perspective. We welcome all comers, um, and and we try to uh, bring some light, some levity, some salt and savor to this world of ours. Now, a lot of times, I think you can tell that we we both of us we wear our love of G.K. Chesterton on our sleeve today. Uh, David, Pastor David is wearing. Mine is on my shirt. I have a sweatshirt <laughs> with with the... a G.K. Chesterton sweatshirt. Where yeah. does where does one get one? That's a uh, that's a great question. I I think I found it by googling like G.K. Chesterton sweatshirt or something like that. And <laughs> if we did that, we could probably find the web- website. I you know I not think I don't want to give these people business. They haven't like sponsored the show so uh um retroactive sponsor yeah right re- they could retroactively sponsor us let me just google it right quick yeah gk chesterton which if sweatshirt. for those of who don't have an immediate uh physical picture of gk chesterton i you know just think teddy roosevelt and you're not far off right i'm sure you get that people going why do you have uh yeah okay yeah G- no people GR. ask me all the time and they're like who yeah teddy roosevelt who is i get a lot of who is that and then i go gk chester and they go well, who is that? And then I try to explain it, and then the conversation usually doesn't go much beyond right, that. Right, right, yeah. Like, I'm not interested. So there is, uh, the website is uh, missionalware.com, missionalware. As in men's warehouse, or as in wear, W-A? Like, wear, wear clothes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, W-E-A-R. So it's uh, missionalware.com. They they do sell uh, all your theologically-based <laughs> uh, clothing needs. It's actually, uh, they have some pretty neat stuff. I think I got a tie, uh, I got a tie there. A John Calvin tie. And when you were ordering uh, your G.K. Chesterton sweatshirt, no thoughts about ordering one for your uh, well, I did. theological conciliaire? I wanted to make I wanted to do some quality control on okay. that first, and so <laughs> sure. I had to make sure that it was up to snuff. I don't see you wearing many logo tees, Mike. Not a logo tee person. No. I, I, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen you. Maybe now is the time to start. I just had a birthday. I'm getting quite old. I'll, I, I'm not going to say... I don't, I don't know why. Who cares? You, I think you can. people could probably just Google how old is Michael J. Nelson. Yeah, it's it pretty out. easy. But, but let's make him do it. Yes, yes. Some small effort required to mock me for my elderliness. Um, I think now is the time to start wearing T-shirts with obscure, uh, you know, bits of like, uh, I don't know, anime, quotes from anime. <laughs> and, and, and um, you jump to anime? <laughs> Uh, and just obscure video game references, mashups that are sort of visual puns, things like that that make everyone go, what is that you're wearing? And then you explain it's, uh, you know, uh, a game that I played in junior high mashed up with a song from, you know, you're going like to be wearing those T-shirts. We're going to get you um, we're going to get you some vans, you know, some checkered okay. vans to wear. All right. And then super obscure bands too. Oh on yeah, your and um, and some. I'll get you some Ray Ban, uh, thick uh, black room Ray Ban eyeglasses that you can wear. Around. Or 
or alternative. We'll let the uh, listeners decide or just go full Guy Fieri. Dye my hair, flip-flops, Tommy Bahama, sunglasses on the back of my head. What do you think? Upside down. Yes. In the back of the head. I like it. All right. Well, all right. We'll vote. There's one or yes. those are either look. Yep, it's binary. We'll put a poll up, and whatever it is will be Mike's kind I of fashion it. for this next chapter from of here life. on out. <laughs> my, my wife's out of town, so I'm going to have to do it quick. So uh, she's coming back uh, tomorrow. Uh, all right. Well, look, we got a great show. We have a big topic, and later we're going to do a little... Um, I don't know. It's is it roll the dice or is it uh, uh, you know put one in the chamber? Uh, Dave is going to pick his own revolting food because I just got a shipment in, so I'm excited and I want to share that with the listening audience. And I especially want to share it with Pastor Dave. So that's coming up a little bit later in the show. But for uh, for right now, Pastor, take away our big topic. Explain and let's dive in happily. This. So this is something that um, is uh, it's it's central to human existence, human life, human civilization, and that is children. Uh, but beyond, beyond children, it's, it's how that kind of the ha- having and rearing children, um, is considered in our own day and age. So it's a perennial topic as it, uh, infl- intersects with, you know, the, uh, quote unquote or hashtag the discourse, um, that is out there now. And I would say it's one in which there is a surprising degree of, um, at best, ambivalence and and certainly a bit of some animus towards the very notion of having children and bringing them into this world. That that having children is an immoral or unethical act, and and so we think about that, and it's something that's even seeped into um you know well-meaning uh, Christian folks as they're thinking and talking. Like th- this is a factor that weighs on them as they're considering. Um, especially I'm thinking of. You know, couples who are of a childbearing age, as they think about, well, you know, those questions of when do we want to have kids or should we have kids and, you know, what, what, like how many, you know, these are all um, important questions. And this is a factor that's weighing on people's mind, a, a cultural factor that I think is increasing in its salience and its power. And so we contrast this attitude, which I'll lay out a little bit more in just a second with the uh, very right there in, uh, in uh, Genesis one, uh, uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill mm-hmm. the earth. That like having children is a part of our image bearing uh, vocation um, as God's people, and that children are good. They're a blessing. You know, in the Psalms it says, "Children are a blessing from the Lord." And uh, Jesus, you know, suffer them not. Like the little children, let them come to me. He blesses them. So uh, the 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 Christian tradition has been known for its um, its positive attitude. Yes. Towards especially, you know, helpless, harmless children, which in antiquity did not always um, enjoy people's favor. I mean, kids are, they've always been what they've always been, you know, needy, um, complete, you know, very helpless and dependent. Um, if there's any difficulties arising with their development, um, it's incredibly resource intensive. And so, you know, even in, uh, you know, exposure of infants is something that's been common across cultures, um, across the world when a, when a child is unwanted or um, seen as having too many difficulties, perhaps birth defects or something like that, you expose the infant and leave it to die. And so Christianity, on contrast, was known for, you know, rescuing those children, picking them up, raising them, supporting them. And so the the Christian attitude towards children has always been uh, positive, and one of having and rearing children is positive. So, you know, and what could be wrong with, I mean, what's wrong with kids? Other than the other day uh, we were at the uh, Mall of America, on a Saturday. Oh, terrible idea. I mean, 
This is not a place to get your uh, your impression of children. You know the story starts, but we were at the Mall of America, and uh, we went to the food court, and the, we went to the bad food court. Um, if people are familiar, there? there's like a new food court, which is the best food court in the world. It, you know, you think of the old stereotypical mall mall food court. This is like the complete antithesis of this. It's got this is like going to Vegas and staying at the Golden Nugget or something. The old yeah, gross so, yeah. downtown. There's like the win. You know, Encore, really nice. Uh, Aria, really nice food court on the one side of the mall. And then on the other side is the Golden Nugget. Uh, what, you just didn't have the, the wherewithal to walk to the other one? or I think I wanted I wanted Chipotle, and the Chipotle was close to this one. It was a, oh, okay. it was a huge mistake. Okay. I re- sorry, honey. And no, but the mall is just full of human beings, especially that food court. It's very narrow. But anyways, all that to say, my children were actually behaving themselves very well. And, but it's just crowded and we're walking around and my wife was walking with the kids and like the kids were, my kids can be very squirrely and they were not, they were just behaving themselves, following their mom. And they kind of like this woman was trying to walk by this young 20 something woman and like the kids, she had to like slightly move to like step to avoid maybe running into them or something. I don't even think it was that bad. And she kind of says in a very loud voice, like, see, that's why I hate kids or I can't stand kids. Oh, wow. That's like you monster. Like you would say (laughs) that like out loud so that. Like another human being could hear that. Imagine saying that about any other group of people, you know, classification of humans that you're walking by. But it's like sort of socially acceptable to like kind of like be like "Eh, kids are kids. Kids suck. And it's this pervasive attitude, the unethical. So there's kind of a a lack of uh, sort of wanting kids to live in this world. Uh, you know, or, or inhabit adult, you know, quote unquote adult spaces or have spaces that are free from children. And then there's the whole, you know, cl- like it's unethical because the world is going to burn, you know, uh, climate change is coming, you know, it's severe climate change. And so you could say it's unethical one because kids have a large, you know, carbon footprint when you have a kid. I, right. I don't know how they exactly measure these things or figure them out, but it sort of, I guess, stands to reason. You bring another person into Smaller the world. Smaller than that person's though, who's bringing that up. So you could say you take your own life and then i'll bring a child into the world there you know this is true uh yeah i mean existing but we you know have incumbency bias so we, we get to stay but uh I see. but new people you know are not not welcome um and uh also so the carbon footprint or just saying how could you bring a kid you know this world is gonna be a hor- it's gonna be a hellscape you know this boiling hellscape how could you bring a child into a world of so much certain sort of like suffering and a like low quality of life i guess the obvious question to those people would be which time would you prefer that i bring them i mean this seems you know this is a great point because this seems like a very though there's certainly challenges uh, ahead like this does seem like a very very good time to be alive in terms of sort of aspects of human suffering that are like disease and famine and war even uh, that they're at a kind of very, very low level. So we live of, in the time of Novocaine. I mean, <laughs> come on. This is a good time to be alive. Surgeries. I mean, yeah, these childhood illnesses, you know, that things are c- c- club feet, cleft palates. You know, we can take care of these things. Um, if you have premature birth, premature birth. I mean, I have ex- extensive experience with that extreme prematurity that, you know, we can like foster, you know, really flourishing life. From that, so yeah, the world is. I mean, from just an objective perspective, to be a child in this has got to be like one of the best times. It, it, I, I guess just I'll speak from what I know. 
in Amer- you know, the United States of America or the, you know, developed world in general. This has got to be from just an existential, like, security perspective, one of the best times to be alive. I mean, your parents are going to have long lives, so you're most likely, you know, being an orphan is very mm-hmm. rare. Like, it's just a good time to be a, a kid. So, yeah, the ethical considerations, like, when would when would have been better? Right. Uh, and we don't have any choice, but it would be an interesting exercise. What would you say? Uh, I don't know what you could pick. We, we Everybody plays that game of like if you could be born at any time, which is a dumb, kind of a dumb question, really, because you go, well, am I a man? Am I a woman? Yep. What's my ethnicity? Am I just me? And like I pop into this world at this time. Um, what are the circumstances of my birth? I mean, you know. Uh, but even with, even given that, like you're assuming the best of all worlds, it's still tough to tuck right into a perfect spot in yeah. history where you're not going to experience immense suffering on some you know gigantic level. Absolutely, or, or the the risk of that is going to be just much, much, much higher. And right. so, um, so I think the uh, kind of ethical considerations, like that, this is a horrible time to be born. I just i I don't think that's true. And and then I think the other one, the I mean, I have I've literally had people say, well, you know, I don't, like, I don't know how many kids, you know, they want to have kids, but, I, you know, like, do you not have the third kid? Because that'll some that's like a, that's like riding your bike to work or something like that. And I think that's a kids thinking of children as carbon producing units is highly <laughs> problem. I just think it's highly problematic to, you know, like yeah. I, I can't put it any other way. They're children. They're human beings. They're made in God's image and likeness. They're not the same thing as um, your car or taking a vacation. You know, like they are. They have an intrinsic value and inherent worth um, that is incomparable to those things. I mean, from a from a theological and ethical Christian perspective, there's there's no comparison. There's no way to think of or instrumentalize. Um, a, a human being in that way. Um, I think it's just n- not a good, it's really not good to do to think about people in, in just those terms. And what's, what's disturbing about the whole thing to me is that, uh, and this is often the case is that the culture influences the church far more than the church influences culture. I mean, we, we've known that for a while, but it's disappointing how quickly that happens and how even as you say, among Christians, there's just a, a sort of, a gross factor when somebody has too many kids, you know, there's a judgment that automatically happens instead of being like children are a jewel in her crown and all, instead of being happy, there gets to a point where there's like, geez, haven't you had enough children? Like, what do you mean? And it's, uh, and it is pervasive and I'll like, I will cop to the attitude too. You know, I know someone having a six child and it's like, whoa, geez. And then I think of my, a generation ago, or I mean, two generations ago at this point with my, parents it's like they both came from families of five kids and they were like my dad's family was protestant my mom's was catholic like my mom's family was probably a little bit smaller than her peers somewhat or on average you know it's probably like seven kids in those families and my dad's was you know maybe on par he knew a lot of a lot of i know a lot of the families my dad's age was like oh yeah four or five kids that was like the standard you know yeah. and um you know you know if people are listening, like, Hey, you guys are just talking like this is some sort of handmaid's tale. And, uh, you know, uh, like you just want women to churn out babies. It's like, I'm not saying that at all. And actually, if you look at the kind of survey data around people's, if you look at the data around actual fertility, 
like how many births per live births per woman and desired fertility our desire our our actual fertility is lower in this country than the desired fertility i think the desired fertility is just over two and the actual fertility is 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 just under Under two two, and so like people actually want to have more children but for whatever reason a whole myriad and host of reasons and and i i i think probably this you know attitude towards having too many kids is gross and um you know there's climate change you got to be responsible those are probably small small factors there, there's got to be broader things going on that, that i we could begin to unpack but i don't know exactly what they are but just saying we're, like people want more children and they're not able to have them i'm saying that's a good desire i want people to have as many children as as they want to have which is actually just probably right above replacement level and uh you know if we're thinking about the challenges our world faces going forward no society has sort of like shrunk its way out of problems no that never works right when your population starts declining and aging are you going to be innovating and dynamic enough to solve these challenges that are in front of us i like I don't, I'm no way. Absolutely no how. Demography is destiny, as they say. That's right. So, you know, if we want to have a dynamic society that's going to have the technological innovation probably that we'll need. So just from a kind of utilitarian, uh, perspective, we got to have some more kids because we need a, an innovative society in order to solve these problems that are in front of us to, 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 to tackle, you know, let's capture this carbon or build these new batteries that are going to be able to do these things yeah. like the innovation is going to come from the growing societies the prosperous societies it's it's not going to come from you know shrinking old uh decrepit um you know senior home societies well one little snapshot of that not to pick on another culture but japan is having some issues i don't think i'm they're aging yeah they're I'm shrinking not making and aging. A, a a news flash here i'm not uh, talking out of school yeah they're they're very very aged and uh, young people are having trouble engaging with one another, even on any social level. So marriage and everything is down the way down. But one of the uh, little ghastly uh, side effects of it is that uh, a lot of people die alone with no one knowing they're they're dying. So there are little societies of people like you watch my window and I'll watch yours uh, so that, you know, flash your curtain so that I know you're still alive. And this is like a popular thing to sort of meet on social media and say, oh, yeah, are you in the building next to me? I'm your death watch. I call me sure. death watch for you. So, uh, that yeah, that's just a little picture of what an aging society with no vibrancy and connections. Connections obviously go down when there's just not as many people to make Absolutely. Them. So uh, it's, it's a scary future of not a lot of children. And for these social connections, too. I mean, children, um, they... They cause us to connect with other people because they require so much support to raise them. And so the more kids we have, the more we rely on other people, the more connections we make. I mean, particularly within families, those are our, you know, primary sources of connections. When there's lots of kids and like aunts and uncles and cousins, um, those big families are very, you know, supportive of one another. They provide these really robust like networks and bonds that allow us to flourish. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we lose that. We just, it's part of this. Why are we becoming more and more isolated, more and more alone? One of that is just that we don't like, we don't have kids. And so they're those kind of bonds that you make with people who from work or, you know, hobbies or recreation, like those are much, much weaker, uh, bonds, network bonds. And uh, they leave us feeling much, much more isolated, you know? 
Yeah. Wouldn't you say, this is just my theory. I'm going to float it anyway, because it's a theory. Uh, that most people, when they think of having kids, they're like, oh, it's going to be tough to go to a restaurant now that I have kids. You know, we like to go to restaurants. You know, But then, so then you start having kids. Then you get to that point where now I have too many kids to go to a restaurant. That's right. That's sort of the informal, like, we better stop because <laughs> we can't go to <laughs> even a family-friendly restaurant. We are now over capacity to just walk in there and expect to be served at a table. And I, and I just say that is true. I think that's a very, like the, uh, the rest, can I go to a restaurant metric? And, yeah. And I just say, leave the kid. Don't ever take your kids to a restaurant. That's not like McDonald's, uh, because you're pearls at swine. Um, and so yes. go as a couple, go out to the restaurant, get a babysitter and go to the restaurant yourselves. And the more kids you have, then you feel absolutely no pressure to ever bring them along with you. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a freeing and a, and a, and a liberating thing. But kids, they do, they, they are, they, and I think too, the, that it's, it seems like it, for, you know, many understandable reasons, like childbearing is being pushed later and later and later. And there's the biological reality that your fertility decreases as you get older. So like yeah. delaying that can introduce a whole host of complications. I mean, you, this is sort of something that once you start trying to have children, you realize like how much is outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a is very difficult to embrace and grasp, but like I, I just say, go for it. Um, there's never a, a perfect time. I mean, you know, I'd say the success cycle is one where yeah, it's like you get your education, get married, get a job, have kids, like that. If you keep yeah. that sequence, that's that's a recommended sequence, I right. would say. And if right. it, if you can't follow that for whatever reason, still welcome the kid, absolutely. But like, uh, um, you know, once you're once you've kind of got. You're basic, like, I can function in middle class society. I've got the bourgeois norms and education in place. Then just, yeah. and you want children, start having them, um, as soon as you can, uh, cause they will bring a lot of joy to your life and they will enrich a season of your life that not having them, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. I mean, I can't remember my life before I have kids. There's parts of it that I do remember vaguely and miss, but like, I literally cannot imagine not having these people in my life and the joys and complications that they bring with it. Yeah. But it's enriched my life to such a degree. So kids are great. They are our sort of a tangible sign of our hope for the future, you know, that we still believe that there's a for future sure. for this world yeah. and that future is going to be good. And it's, and it's going to, with God's help, be better um, than right now is. And, and, uh, and, and that they just bring, bring, they're so amazing. They bring so much to this world. So don't be, a, eh, I don't want to have them or they're a carbon unit or even one of these curmudgeonly people who are just annoyed that they even exist and are in their presence. Uh, as Whitney Houston said, right? <laughs> I believe children are the future. Teach yeah. them well, help them lead the way. That's, uh, she was me, right. Let me give you one practical uh, tip. He said, you know, have children right away. I concur. And one of the practical benefits is they're out of the house sooner. Yes. It's really, it's a good thing. My children are gone now. Caveat, I only had two. We wish we had had more. We were different people back then. That's right. Um, but, but really wish we'd had, you know, probably five kids. The standard, the standard from the seventies, say that. Yeah. That standard. But, uh, but with the kids gone, you do then all of a sudden you go, Oh, oh, this was our life before that. Oh, yeah. And then it's, it's really fun to sort of rediscover what it was like before you had kids. And you're not like 70 years old. Yeah. You know, when that happens. Yeah. So have kids. Get it done.
Get it done. Raise get it out of the way. Get them out of the house. That's right. It's a blast. It's crazy, but uh, man, it's so much fun. And then when you're older, you have people like go visit and you know see what they're up to, and you get to be involved in and follow their my lives. Wife is sleeping in my son and daughter-in-law's home. Well, she did last night. I hope she's not still sleeping. We're <laughs> recording this at around nine in the she morning. She took some so. barbiturates and yeah. she'll be up around two in the afternoon. So yeah. Uh, so no, it it comes back to you. It comes back. You get a place to sleep if you're very nice to your children. So, uh, all right, that's the final word. Have kids. We're both in favor of it. Uh, we'll have a little break. Like trees walking, seal of approval. Yes. Have children. Uh, kids are good. Who that? That's my hottest take. Kids, kids are, are good. good. Have them. Well, I mean, there. I'm, like we said, there's many takes out there. We could have gone on for an hour and a half about how terrible kids are. I, I have the ammo to do that. I just don't. I don't think it's right. No, but yeah, that would be a hot take. Oh, that'd be the hottest. Yeah, that's probably the hotter take. Is kids are bad. True. Don't have them. ours is a lame take, but we're sticking with it. Our, ours are the uh, you know dad with the the cell phone, the hip, the yes. <laughs> the hip clip the braided, for the cell phone, the braided leather belt, <laughs> the cell phone clip. That's us proudly. All right. Uh, we're going to take a little break and then we'll be back. And then, uh, pastor Dave is going to choose the manner of his own destruction. So, uh, this is like trees walking. We'll return in a second. Please don't go, but don't come too close. Close my eyes. Take me back home. Close my eyes. Take everyone hey 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 it's pastor dave here with my took me a second but i got you he got me up he got the levels up thank you so much for listening uh special shout out to everyone who came out to the live show it was really really cool to see uh so many uh fans of the pod or fans of 372 pages come out uh there was more more there was more people there who i didn't know than i did and so that was really exciting and if you could rate us and review us that would be great uh, mainly if that's a five-star review and a very positive rating if if not uh you know just just stew on that in your own mind um but uh please do that uh it, you know it helps people i don't know if it helps them find the show but it helps them if they find the show to be like oh this is legit and other people actually listen to this and like it and so that would be a huge favor you could do also um if people are ever like hey i'm i know i'm kind of one of these people it's like i run out of my run through my list of podcasts that I'm listening to and I'm like looking for something new and so if you ever find someone who's looking for something new to listen to and you think that they would enjoy um, this this podcast and the conversations that we're having here please pass on the uh, the like trees walking link to them let's get back to the show I'm gonna eat something disgusting I'll be a different person in like 10 minutes a much much more disgusted person Okay. Wow. We are back. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Uh, we did not run off and make any new babies. Do not be alarmed. No, no. We went. We got some, uh, I got a new shipment of tinned fish in, Dave. And I naturally, I thought of you. Thank you. When I, uh, when I, when I did that. And the, we have four varieties and I just want you to, uh, pick a number between one. If I'm going to shuffle them. So I, I get to randomly fish. pick my own. So I actually don't get to pick my own. I get to pick a number which will correspond with my own. Correct. Pick a number, please, between one and four. One. One. Number but you didn't one. think I was going to do that. Oh, number one, you have chosen squid pieces in ink sauce. Uh, I had ordered stuffed squid, and this is what came. You, you kind of get what you... In the tin fish world, <laughs> it's like... 
six of one, half a dozen of the other. What you dodged were uh, colossal calamari in a marinade sauce, mm-hmm. uh, smoked baby clams, which are mild. I would have that would have that been would good sounds for good. You. Why don't we do that? No, you can't. Uh, and then we done. also have a colossal uh, calamari in sunflower and olive oil. I feel like I haven't I done with that one. Haven't I done the squid and the ink sauce before, Mike? This is not the same brand, but look. I think the clams sound just great. You know what? We want to give people variety. I'm a nice guy. We want to give people variety. I'm a good guy. I'm going to let you have the smoked baby clams. What is a baby clam? Is it like an infant clam? It is literally a tiny little potential life that you're taking. We love, see, we love, we love children on this, on this show. We love to eat the children of mollusks which is about what we're going to do in just a moment. Uh, There's going to be a slight pause here, and then we'll return. But it will be seamless to you. We'll be right back. And we are back, um, and we are back with the baby clams. Um, Pastor Dave, uh, give a little description. What are your, what are you taking, or what are you seeing, smelling? It's got a very, kind of that smoky, what's that smell? That is smoked baby clams. Yeah, it's very smoky. (laughs) Right. Um, You You would hope that would be the case. They're uh, they're small. They're they're wee. small. They're they are wee, uh, tan kind of of tan color, slightly rubbery in texture. Would yep, you say? Yeah, I would say for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. And they're so they are small. It's like cereal. You know, you could put a bunch in a spoon. How excited are you on a scale of one to eleven to taste these? Um, one. What? Uh, just being you, honest. You chose them. I, yeah, because I was ne- I would be negative on those other ones. Oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. Have a go at it, and I'll describe. I guess relative, I'm four. Okay. I'm there is a rather, there's a clammy smell in here. Pastor Dave is now tentatively biting one tiny, tiny baby clam, and he's looking away in utter disgust and revulsion. He's uh, breathing deeply, trying to control his gorge at this moment. It's uh, just not good. <sighs> This, that's your best? All right. You describe it while I uh, eat a healthy spoonful of So it's a little rubbery. I mean, not too bad. Mm. Mm. Smo- a little smoky, but kind of that just a light kind of fishy flavor that's just not pleasant. Like, mm. no. So good. There's no joy. Mm. I'll take another bite, but. No, there's just. You have you are such a Midwesterner, such a Midwestern palate. You'd prefer some bland casserole or something, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Tell tell the folks what is the one food you? Well, there's many more than one food, but what is the your uh, your kryptonite is? My kryptonite is onions. Onions, folks, a staple, folks. An absolute staple, folks. eaten on every continent by every normal human of. I should say, I robust. I, I will eat chives. Green onions. I have no issue oh, with those. Oh, onions. Thank you for. <laughs> I have no issue with the green onion. We have, we're, we're cool green onions. So don't, don't, don't take this Wait, personal. Well, what about the white parts of green onions? Oh, that's fine. Cause it's so bowl. small. What? It's so small. But they're, they're very similar to, uh, like a chunk of yellow onion. But the yellow onion, it's the texture. And I texture. It's texture. Yeah. The bulb of a green onion. Mike, when is there's not... a big onion, when there's just a big chunk of yellow white onion, and it's just all rubbery and ugh. rubbery. What? I don't. Maybe someone's feeding you something and calling I calling it onions. 
hate it. I, I, do you maybe hate mushrooms and you think, no, I do. I like mushrooms. <laughs> and that texture is good for you. Yeah. But the, the onion texture. There's some, it's like the translucent, like rubbery. I'm like, it's a food aversion. It's not rational. I can't make myself like, like something that I, I think you I could be enculturated to begin to enjoy onions. And I, I will starting eat, today. I will eat things with onions in them. My wife will, she grates them when she puts them in things so that they kind of dissolve so that I get the flavor without the like, oh, I'm eating it. Maybe onion. onion juice. Could you put that in something? Probably like for the flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. You know what we should do? We should also do this on air is get the, uh, you know, magic fruit. The, they call it, that's the, just the Americanized name of it's an African fruit. You eat, you can eat it in tablet form and then it changes something about your taste buds so that everything slightly sour becomes immensely sweet. I've never heard of this. It's a weird thing and it's a fun little party thing to do and you get out an assortment of foods and you just sort of taste through them. You cut up a lemon and you eat these lemons and you'll just never want to stop eating lemons. Have you done this? Yes. And it's, it's remarkably fun. So we'll do that and we'll do, we'll give you a, a sweet Vidalia and you just take a crunch out I'm of like, that. Oh gosh, I love it. Keep, <laughs> yeah. keep, keep them coming. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's, let's remind that. Put that on the calendar because, uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. And you drink, uh, wine, like a red wine and it tastes like a malt. Like it's just like this thick, luxurious. And then it just gradually goes away and things begin to get normal again. But it's a little Willy Wonka ish, you know? That's it's cool. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, that's Pastor's review of what do you smoked think? What baby do you think, clams. Of smoked baby clams? Yeah. They're absolutely delicious. If I could eat them every day of my life, I would. They're, These they're are... slightly, uh, they're a little dear. I think those are probably four bucks a, a pop for a little, little tiny serving of it. So, Roland Premium Smoked Baby Clams. Clams. Yeah. Fancy. Hand packed. I'm sure they're uh, probably caught in China, and probably there's so many heavy metals I'm eating, ingesting right now. It is a know. it is a product of China. Okay, <laughs> standard of quality there. Uh, not impugning the uh, Chinese industrial system in any way, please. <laughs> no, dear. No, I don't. <laughs> we've we've been pulled we've off been... of we've been pulled off of the whatever the the podcasting services in China for yes. those comments. Uh, no, the clam harvest is the most delicious it's ever been. Yes. Thank you, Chairman Xi. Thank you very much. We are enjoying them. Uh, so yeah, the upshot is, uh, have, have children, enjoy children, feed them baby clams, and you'll be the happiest family alive. Pastor, any parting thoughts? No. <laughs> Not really. Still, it's like I don't want to think. Still stunned. I, still the flavor. I feel like, uh, you captured it well. I said everything I need to say. All right, well, we'll be back for uh, another uh, Like Trees Walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. I'm David Berge. So long.